Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Fibromyalgia, Real Solutions with Amanda Love. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia, as I was diagnosed with it over 10 years ago. And today's guest is Taylor. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you were diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Sure. So I had had a lot of symptoms of fibromyalgia over the years and um, instances of depression and extreme fatigue. And it finally got to a point where it was noticeably increasing around the time I was about 24. And um, I finally went to a doctor, uh, my general practitioner and a rheumatologist about it around the same time. And they both came back with the conclusion that I had fibromyalgia. So that was about three years ago. And um, I'd say that the, while the pain is constant, it's not too debilitating for the most part. Um, it's the fatigue that I struggle the most with. So I'm trying to still find a balance of, you know, keep, keeping on with my life without overdoing things and um, trying to treat my body well with what I put into it. And it's, it's a journey for sure. So did you, were you sick growing up or did it just sort of happen? You know, I always, for as long as I can remember, I had pains all throughout my body. Yeah. And I just kind of thought that that was normal. And that was how every body was made to feel. And it was um, just so with part of me and with me all the time that I didn't really think much of it. I just kind of dealt with it. And over time it increased and, um, it, you know, it became something that was alarming, I guess. Um, I would get a lot of headaches when I was younger. I remember around the time that I was probably 12 or 13, I would come home from school and immediately need a nap after. And this was after, you know, a normal night's rest of at least eight hours. And so that, um, that became a cause for concern. And, you know, it led my parents to taking me to the doctors to have CAT scans and, um, blood tests and thyroid tests and all of those yeah. things always came back negative. Um, familiar. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, um, and it was always something of, uh, you know, vitamin D deficiency, which when I would start taking vitamin D supplements, it didn't really make a difference in how I felt. Um, so it just was a, a long process. And then around the time I was 17, um, the doctor I was going to at the time was the first to say, well, maybe you're experiencing some depression and which is, that's something that runs in my family. So it yeah. added up, but as time went on from that, it, it took a while to kind of accept that that might be the case. And once I finally got to a point of accepting that it kind of 
was around the time that the pain got worse and the, the fatigue was getting worse as well. <clears throat> and uh, my, my brain and my body just kind of clicked and knew that there was something more to it than just that there was more of a physical element to it. And so that was about the time that I was diagnosed. So for me personally, when I was diagnosed, it was sort of a sense of relief. Cause then I'm like, Oh, at least I have a diagnosis, Sure, but I was 20. And so, but I mean, for you, was it sort of like, okay, I have this diagnosis now, what are they going to recommend? Yeah, there definitely was an element of that. I think there was something in the back of my mind that ever since I became aware of what fibromyalgia was, I think I had seen a commercial as a kid and, you know, was, right. who was kind of attracted to the oddity of the word that I looked into it. And ever since then, um, reading the symptoms in the back of my mind, I was always kind of like that, that feels and sounds like me, but it was not something that I ever brought up to doctors because I was under the myth that it was only for, or only people who were much older were, right. um, were diagnosed with that. And so it kind of, anytime I had that thought, I would brush it off with, well, I'm too young for that. There's no way it could be that it has to be something else. And so, um, I finally kind of sat with it once I was diagnosed and did more research on it. And it took some time to kind of come to terms with the fact that it's just kind of something that happened to be part of my life and isn't something that I made happen or brought on to myself. So I couldn't, couldn't beat myself up too much about it, you know? So I think coming to that conclusion was a big part of it. And also, like you were saying, having, having a label to put on it was helpful in and of itself because it was, while fibromyalgia is a very big question mark still, it made it, it reduced that uncertainty by a lot. Yeah. I, for me, I think for me personally, I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. They just gave me a pamphlet and said, oh, here it is. Okay. So I was like, okay, I didn't know what it meant or anything, but so for you personally, did you, was your, were you diagnosed by the rheumatologist or? First, it was my general practitioner, um, because oh, I forgot an important part of the story. A big reason of why I even made an appointment with a rheumatologist was because I had had some blood work done, um, just during a routine physical that showed, um, the possibility of having rheumatoid arthritis. Wow. So, um, by the time I was able to get into a specialist of seeing a rheumatologist, there was a, a long wait between those two things. So I went and saw, um, my GP in the middle of that. And, you know, he looked over the lab results and, you know, sat with me for a while and talked with me through it. And he's like, you know, I think this might be fibromyalgia. I'm not sure that it's rheumatoid arthritis. And sure enough, they did some more blood work at the rheumatologist when I finally went and, um, it was not RA, even though I tested for something that 
shows signs of it being possible down the road. It's not, yeah, it's not currently um, an issue, but um, so it was because of that, it was determined by both doctors as fibromyalgia, but it was the GP who, who came to that first. So what did the rheumatologist recommend? She gave me, um, she put me on a medication called meloxicam, which is also known as Mobic. It's basically a, a higher form of ibuprofen. And I was told to take 15 milligrams of that per day, which I later learned from a different doctor that that could um, cause some intestinal damage. So I stopped taking that and only started to take it as needed. Um, Unfortunately, the the experience with the rheumatologist was, um, I felt very unheard in those appointments. Yeah, that's the same as me. Yeah. yeah, that I've heard that from a lot of people of, of certain specialists that they just feel very rushed and um, kind of like you're inconveniencing them. And it was just a very and I'm I'm not great at speaking up in those instances, especially when I feel like I'm being hurried along. So I took the time to sit before a follow up appointment and type up every single symptom that I could think of that I experienced, whether it be daily or occasionally. And I printed that out and I brought it to her to review. And she kind of just glanced at it and handed it back to me and said, yeah, that's just fibromyalgia and would kind of poke and prod me to see the tender points and um, ask for the pain scale of the day and didn't offer much aside from a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of blood work and that one medication. So it was, um, that was very, that was very disheartening to both me and my wallet. So I was very disappointed in that. And it kind of, um, put a bad taste in my mouth about rheumatologists. And I'm sure that's not the case for all of them, but, um, I decided to just continue to see my general practitioner until it got to a point where it was like something else needs to change to where I may need a specialist's input. So um, I'm continuing on with my regular doctor on um, some medication that's designed for both depression and pain management. So I've been taking that for about three years now, and it's been it's been helpful for both of those things. So, um, yeah, I, my biggest complaint is just the fatigue I had. Yeah. I got, I got a normal night's sleep last night, got my eight plus hours or whatever it was. And I woke up this morning and I just felt like a zombie. It was such a chore keeping my eyes open for work today. So it's just, figuring out how to push through that. It's such a, such a hassle, but. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think everybody with fibromyalgia, they go through that mm-hmm. and stuff. I feel like, so if you're, so tell us, so you were in a health magazine. How did that become happen? Sure. So I used to work, um, 
I currently work in journalism and I'm in a, a newspaper and magazine editor. But prior to that, I was on the other side and I was a publicist. And so I was helping journalists and editors and producers find experts for certain segments or articles that they may be working on. And there was a, um, a daily email that I would get of that basically listed what writers or editors were looking for, what kind of quotes and experts they were looking for. And one of them was looking for women to speak about invisible illnesses and chronic illnesses. And that jumped out to me as something to respond to in my free time because it applied to me and it turned out to be for um, Health Magazine. And so it was a collection of maybe five women across the country who have different invisible illnesses and basically what, what a day in the life looks like for them and how it overall had the message of just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And um, just because somebody doesn't look like they're feeling sick, it, it doesn't mean that they're right. not struggling to get through the day. So it's, it's, um, it's something that I think is important to continue talking about because a lot of people don't understand that. And that's something that I kind of have struggled with personally, what's, you know, especially with being told <laughs> at 17 years old that I might have depression. I was like, well, I'm 17. What do I have to be depressed about outside of like, you I know? Was, my, that happened to me also when I was 20 at the rheumatology place. Right. So it just, it's, it's kind of a, a battle in your brain. And so I think it's, it's, it's a journey to come to the conclusion of what it really is for yourself. And that's so much, it's so much on a larger scale for everyone to know what that's like. Right. The main thing is to spread the message that just because you look normal doesn't mean you are or feel normal. Exactly. And so if you're in your, especially if someone's looks, if they're in their twenties or thirties, you're supposed to be full of energy. You're supposed to be vibrant. You're supposed to, then people are like, well, then why are you dealing with all these health issues? Exactly. Yeah. It's, I've never been one to have a ton of energy consistently. It'll come in spurts for sure. But you know, it's, it's been tricky for my friends to understand like why I have to turn down invitations to go to a concert or yeah. do things multiple nights in a row, especially if it requires standing for a long time. It's like, I, I, just can't handle that. And it's, that took a long time to come to a conclusion of too, is learning to say no to those things for my own benefit, because I used to just push myself and would be like, yeah, I'll do that. Or sure. I'll do that. And I'd be doing something, you know, every day of the week. And it just, it took its toll. And so now it's, it's allowing myself to have that balance. So, so you're in your twenties. So you had, did you had, 
had you already completed schooling and stuff and were you working and stuff when you yes I had completed school I um I didn't have too many issues um during that time outside of fatigue um the pain itself wasn't um too remarkable at that time um and that's when I was away at school for two years. For my first two years of college, I uh, went to a community college near home. And during that time I was working and I was a uh, salon receptionist. So I was kind of always running all over the salon doing different things. And um, I started experiencing this strange pain in my shoulder that kind of felt like muscles were disconnected in in the back of my right shoulder. And, um, it got to a point where I went to physical therapy for it. And they taught me some, some exercises to kind of keep that at bay. Um, but once I stopped that job and wasn't on my feet so much and wasn't sitting at a desk all the time, that kind of naturally went away. And then it came back again after I was done with college and was back in a work environment. And so I later learned that that was, um, a trigger point of fibromyalgia is I forget what it's called, but I saw a diagram of that exact point on the shoulder is something that's very common in people with fibromyalgia. And that just blew my mind. And it was almost, a a form of validity for what I had been feeling. It's like, I'm because, you know, again, it was something that no one could see it. It was very hard for me to describe to people what I was feeling, but it was, it was very painful. And um, once I saw that other people in my same shoes also had that same pain, it was like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is something that's real. I'm not just making this up. So um, for with, so what, would you say to someone who was in their 20s and they were first diagnosed with fibromyalgia? First, I would say to, you know, let yourself have the feelings that you need to have about it. If you are feeling upset or angry, let yourself feel that and kind of sit with that and don't repress it because it's it's an ugly feeling or what have you. Just let yourself kind of go through that in order to get to the next step of, okay, let me learn more about this and figure out how to restructure my life in whatever way I need to in order to make this work for me. Because it's not, you know, um, it's not something that completely will put your life to a halt. It's just about striking a balance of what works for you, what things are um, triggers for for your pain or for, you know, what foods you might be sensitive to because of it. It's just, it's a big learning process. So I think a big thing for me was kind of, and I still do this as I, I write down, if I um, have a certain type of headache one day, I'll write down everything that I can think of in the last 24 hours that might have triggered that to kind of understand what overlaps so I can avoid that in the future. 
because if you don't know, it'll just keep happening. And so, um, you know, a big thing with that is um, wine or any kind of alcohol can be um, a big trigger for that or too much gluten or too much sugar or anything that you should have in moderation. Um, so it's, it's, and it differs from person to person. So it's just about finding what works for you. But I would say the biggest thing is just let yourself feel what you need to feel and then go from there because, um, it's, it's a big thing and it's something that not a lot of people do understand. So it's coming to terms with it for yourself is going to be a vital part of making it work. And I honestly, that's, I couldn't have said it any better because you have to write things down if you, if you want to know what's going on with your body, you have to write things down. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, um, what would, what did, like, how was it for you personally, um, telling people that you have fibromyalgia? Um, do they accept it or they're still not understanding or? Yeah, that's something that varied from person to person. Um, and I, I don't really bring it up in conversation too much unless I need to. Uh, The only people who really know about it are the people that I'm very close to my family and very close friends. Um, and that's not because I'm ashamed or anything. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a gradual thing. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's only the people I felt needed to know about it needed to, um, be aware so that we're both, or we're all kind of managing it together. But, um, some people, um, everybody's been very nice about it, but they, some people don't understand the severity as much as others. And so, um, I think that some people, even if I took the time to describe what it was and how it affects the body, they see it as kind of, you well, just take an leave and yeah. take a nap and you'll feel better. Go right. the amount of people who have just told me to exercise and I'll feel better. Like <laughs> never, <laughs> that is my biggest pet peeve. It's like, no, that actually makes me feel worse. So thank you for that advice. I but was, I don't know if that happened to you, but I, that was the thing they were like, well, you could exercise. That was my recommendation from the rheumatologist. Yeah, it just, and I mean, exercise is obviously going to be important. I'm not saying that you should just stop it altogether. Um, But again, it's finding that balance. You don't want to push yourself too much and yeah. And the funny wind up hurting yourself. Right. And the funny thing was I had completed a personal training program, like almost a year before that. And it was 500 hours. So I don't, I don't think it was fitness that was going to fix my issue <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, but I mean it's interesting did you have to do like pain management or did you do any other things like acupuncture or did they recommend anything else I haven't tried that I've been curious about it I'm open to trying it I just haven't um oh, yeah it was 
pain management was probably the worst thing I've ever done in my life, but, um, really? mm-hmm, yeah, because they would shoot, like, they would draw the circles on my back and neck and stuff, and then they would shoot the needle, and then the blood sugar would crash, everything would crash, so, oh, gosh. and then I would come out, and I'm, like, crying and stuff, it was the thing ever, so, I mean, I think people need to realize your your body is it takes a while to to get whatever illness you're getting if it's fibromyalgia it's something else but and then it takes time for you to figure out okay what is not working in my life what do mm-hmm. I need to change am I not sleeping well am I not Am I eating too much gluten? Am I eating too much sugar? Right. Exactly. Because your your body's never probably gonna be a hundred percent, but you could at least improve it however much you want to prove it, 50, 60, whatever you want to prove it to. But you have to be patient. Absolutely. Patience is key. <laughs> and some days I can't always abide by that, but um luckily I have, um, a wonderful support system and, um, yeah, it's just the best advice I could give to anybody who's been recently diagnosed is that, you know, it's what you're putting into your body and what you're subjecting your body to it's everything in moderation plus a little bit more if you have fibromyalgia. So if, you know, you're, the average person can have X amount of sugar a day, maybe reduce your intake by 25% of that or 50% of that, you know, try to see what works for you, but it's, um, it's just going to take a little bit more effort to keep yourself healthy. And I I loved how you said you had a great, you have a great support system. Because honestly, I don't think I would have gotten through that whole chapter of my life if I didn't have like people who were like supporting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is big. <laughs> so it you know if that's not if family and friends aren't giving the support you need, there's um I know there's a lot of online groups, support groups, people who are going through it, forums, um, different resources of people who can kind of help um, guide you in the right direction. And not only that, but also just understand what you're going through. And that's that's a big part of the battle, I think. Yeah. So tell everyone um, where they can find you and stuff. Sure. So um, you can find me at my website. It's taylorledin.com. That's L-E-D-D-I-N. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram at taylorledin. So everything's my full name. And that will all that will all be in the show notes. Is there one thing you would tell my audience about fibromyalgia that maybe if you had never gone in it, maybe you want to be the person you were today? You know, yeah. um, Does that make sense? It does. And the first thing that came to mind about it was it's actually strengthened my relationship with myself. 
because it's made me so much more patient with myself um, because we're always our own worst critic. And that's something that was much more true a few years ago. And I'm sure some of that is age and maturity and right. learning more about the world and things like that. But I do think that having to deal with things like this has just made me kind of understand how to better take care of myself and just be nicer to myself. And um, so for that, I'm, I am grateful. That's awesome. Um, so thank you for coming on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. It, it was a wonderful conversation and we will definitely have to do it again someday. Absolutely, anytime.